bitches. I'm Jono. And I'm Dominic. And this is Jabber. Hey guys, welcome to Jabber. I'm Dominic. Hey bitches, I'm Jono. And today we have a very special guest with us today. Today we got Miss Nikki Doll. Hi, hey Nikki. Everyone. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Good. Good. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm, I'm so excited. So uh, tell us about yourself. To our audience. So, hi everyone. My name is Nikki Doll. I was uh, a contestant on season 12 of RuPaul's Dry Grace, a little cross dresser show that airs on VH1 every Friday. And (laughs) I was the first French contestant ever uh, to um, compete on the show. So, give us a little bit of background about like where did you you come from? Uh, I was uh, conceived in Marseille, France, which is in the south. Uh, But that being said, I did not. Leaving first of most of my life, I lived in Morocco. I lived at the Caribbean, and I only came back to France when I was 18. Oh, my God. How was Morocco? You know, Morocco was great. Obviously, great food, beautiful people, amazing culture, such a diverse nature. Like, the, the, I mean, you can see everything in, in Morocco. You can go to the beach. You can go to the desert. You can go to the snow, the mountain. There is everything you need in that country. Uh, but moving to a Muslim country when you are 12 to 13 and discovering that you're a queer guy um, was not always easy. Let's just put it that way. Where where were you when you came out of the closet? When I came out of the closet, I was back in France. So I was okay. 19. It took me it took me a year to just, you know, like get out you know move out from my mom's and then you know be on my own find my chosen family the support system in the queer community to have the strength to finally face my fears and just you know tell my mom that I was a faggot (laughs) which I did how did how did she take it when you told her she look we were sitting at a cafe and then she just arrived to Paris to come visit me for the first time and I was with four um friends obviously all gay or lesbian and as soon as we sat down, she says hi to everyone. And then a few minutes after, she just whispers to me and she said, are they, um, you know, and like, yeah. And she's like, what about you? Are you? And I was like, yeah. And then she just turned to the waiter and said, hey, can I have a coffee, please? And that was- <laughs> That's so sweet. She ordered a baguette when she got a faggot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wanted to do a song called Wee Wee Faggot. <laughs> <laughs> So from your experience, what was it like in the workroom? Was it shady? Was it catty? Tendency to be a little shady because it is entertaining at the end of the day. Right, right, right. Um, Not all of them are like that. And a lot of it's in the editing. It's true that in the workroom, so that's how we call the backstage. Mm -hmm. uh, There is a lot of cattiness because that's usually how queens entertain each other. Uh, Yeah, I feel like I'd be so sensitive, you know, about it. Well, I think if, if, you know, like... Um, like reading someone or like throwing shade. Right, isn't, right. If you do it well, the person should never feel attacked. Right, okay. The person should be laughing at the joke because it's that good, you know? Uh, it, but it is a roast in general. It's very hard to do because there's a, one misstep and you, you fall into being just mean, you know? Right, right. There's like a fine line, right? There's a very fine line for sure. What was it like being the first French drag queen on Drag Race? Uh, it was incredible because I think that uh, my culture um, is rather appreciated here. And I think that um, being a fashion queen, I think that's also something that uh, was in my forte. 
uh, mm. to be representing France. But, I, but on the other side, being the only one to represent a whole country worldwide on, in an art form was incredibly stressful on my shoulders because you don't want to fuck it up. You don't want to make your country uh, upset, you know? Uh, but I feel like I've been received really well over there as well. And, um, and, and so far, I think that I've done what I wanted to do on the show. So, yeah. I feel like you've, you become like a, like a hero in a way to other queens that are out there that <clears throat> in, in Paris who, you know, like look up to you. Like, well, you know, yeah, the thing is in France, the drag culture is not as big as here. Because most importantly, the market is not as big as there as here. So the girls are not well paid. There is not enough gigs. Um, they are struggling. And so ultimately, if you know that the market is not going to pay you, there's not enough drag queens that want to start to do it because it's not something that's going to help you pay the bills. Uh, and so by going on the show, my goal was to first showcase my, my culture and my country and, and make my country proud, but also to reopen the, the the topic of the drag queens in France and have the promoters realize, oh, there's something to do. Like the, you know, the spotlight is on drag and now we have a French drag queen. So maybe we should have more drag at the club instead of having just straight boys in their underwear dancing for the same price as a queen that has to paint for four hours, you know? Yeah. Uh, and also on top of that, I think that for the queer culture in France, there's still a lot of work to do. There's a lot of stigma. There's a lot of... Um, um, transphobia and, and homophobia and so I think that by being a, f a French person on an American TV show was allowing me to reopen the topic and, and, and help you know evolve towards the, the right direction. It's amazing. Do you feel that because uh, obviously unfortunately your your season came out during this crazy time and it was at the very start of it and yeah. you know like you're at that point like where the show's gonna air everyone's gonna get said the gigs are gonna come in and everything and then boom we're we were in a pandemic how was that experience for you i think that it was harder for the queens that came before me to see us struggle than we actually struggled because we don't know what this life looks like we don't we haven't been traveling around the world we haven't been you know crying at the airport because we're just tired and we just want to go home because we've been hugging so many people so mm. the girls when they realized that we would not have this experience they all called us and be like oh my god i'm so sorry that should be your year mm -hmm. and for us it's like well not much change i just have way more followers and i'm on tv and i'm actually you know doing a lot of things so of course there's a sad part of it but at the end of the day i think we all still benefit from it and, and, and not to sound like Miss Universe, but being the season during a, a global pandemic was also really rewarding because we were providing happiness and laughter to, to households, you know, and, mm -hmm. and queer people to still be entertained without being able to go to the club. So I, I read somewhere that Drag Race had the biggest um, amount of viewers this, that your season compared to other seasons because everybody was home. And well, and also because it was a good ass season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that being said, like, do you feel that you were, you don't feel that you missed out, in, out anything, do you? Um, I don't think that I missed out because I, 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 I genuinely believe that I'm still going to be able to travel and still be able to meet the fans. And, uh, um, 
I think that if you had, if you made an impact on people for them to really want to follow your journey online, there will always be a gig uh, coming up. That being said, yes, of course, it is, it is sad to not have been able to have that year. But I don't regret the pandemic because I think that I grew so much as a human being, being at home, like I really had the time to gather my energy, focus on new things, learning new skills. So no, I, I, I wouldn't change anything uh, if I had to. That's good. But, you know, you said that you weren't able to travel. I remember when Press Week came out and you were the one who was traveling. You were the one who flew to Paris doing interviews, doing, didn't, you did Vogue. You did like all those, those, those beautiful complications to everybody. And it was just like, you were out there, you were hustling. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's also why I'm not really too upset because uh-huh. at the end of the day, like I was able to go to London to perform at a sold out um, club uh, two nights in a row. I was able to go to Seattle. I went back to France for Fashion Week. I had two videos with Vogue. I, you know, like I've done a lot of things. I was on the, the most uh, viewed talk show uh, in France at 8 p.m. Um, in, in full drag, dressed in Mugler talking mm-hmm. about the whole experience. So I, I, I feel very blessed when I look at um, my season and my cast, I think that I, I should not complain at all. So from Drag Race, do you feel that, you know, do you feel like you going home pretty early in, in, in the game, do you feel that you got to show the world, you know, like everything you got, or do you feel like you still have you know, like a couple of tricks up your sleeves. Oh, baby, no, that was just the appetizer. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think fashion-wise, I showed a lot of versatility. At the end of the day, I think I showcased more than 12 looks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that people can see that, that sensitivity that I have for, um, for the craft. Uh, but there's so much more. I was so shy. I was so, you know, I was kind of like a deer in headlight. I did not know how to handle, handle all of this so quickly um in english but i know there's so much more i can do which i feel like you did so well too and i i i was just like in shock like how soon it went but you know i always you you honestly showed the world what you're capable of and you gave them like a little snack you know like i think i always say it's better to uh break hearts when you leave too early than staying too long and people will be like can this bitch be gone already retired you know so i think it's better to leave at a moment where you're at your peak rather than failing on tv over and over every week um and like you said i think that i definitely was able to to show a lot of things and show my heart also and so now i can just you know do my craft in my own terms with the same visibility that i had on the show so no regrets what if you got the phone call for to do all stars would you do it I think I would. I think I would. I um, I didn't. I didn't want to do it the first year because I didn't think I was ready. I was. I was still trying to grasp what the hell was happening to me this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if that would happen, I think that I would definitely be able to come. And also now that I made my country proud, I can finally just do the competition for my fucking self. You know. So yeah, that's exciting. You didn't get any phone calls in the past few weeks oh, you seem very nosy mr Jono. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just curious just want to know 
Well, Dominic, you, sh- you need to catch up the show if I ever go. I know. Um, I'm, I'll start with your season then. What what season is that? 12. 12. 12? Yeah. You've been on watch. for 12 years? Mm-hmm. It's been 12 years. Wow. Right now it's season 13. Yeah. Yeah, I know that they've got these guys on there who like, what is it? Like race car or something. Who are the guys? Uh, Wait, the pit stop? Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How the hell do you know more about the pit stop than the actual drag queen? This is (laughs) a two seconds ago on the episode. Because they have their shirts off, right? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'll have to watch it. Um, Are you, where are you living now? LA? No, no, no. I live in New York City. Oh, you are. Okay. I was living in San Francisco for a year and a half, and then I realized that California was not exactly where I felt the most at home. I needed more roughness, and I think that New Yorkers are just what I needed. Yeah, I'm from New York, so I kind of I feel like are you saying, I have that. Are you calling yourself a rough man? I am. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> means too. That being said, I'm a rough woman. Um, so that being said, we're gonna take a little nap and we'll be right back. I'm on at 3 a.m. bizarre, and the whole world stops just turning as the love fills up our lungs. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, that was Braveheart by Neon Jungle. Hey, Nikki, why that song? Because I think that this is one of the first songs that I really connected to uh, as a drag queen. I think that this song is exactly what I can do in drag. It's edgy, it's fun, it has a good drop. Um, Just a fucking cool song. So, Nikki, are you a singer as well, or do you just... Uh, do other people's songs um well in drag i actually was always doing lip syncs but i initially started uh being on stage as a singer before doing drag but i never thought that singing in drag would be something for me because i have a very like i'm no ariana grande i'm more like a tipsy amy winehouse when it comes to the voice so i was always worried that with the doll face the rocky raunchy little voice would not match and now I actually sing more. I just did um, um, a show at Don't Tell Mama, which is a, a jazz club in New York, uh, a few weeks in a row. Uh, it's, it was like a one hour set and I was doing a lot of covers, like jazzy covers. And um, I might or might not be working on some music at the moment. Awesome. I was thinking, you said that some uh, drag queens do comedy. I was thinking of uh, Head of Lettuce. Do you know who that one is? No, who's that? I've seen it's this guy or girl, I don't know, a girl, it's drag queen who is literally dressed in all green like lettuce and her name's Hedda Lettuce and she just does comedy. 
Uh-huh. And I, th- I think she sings too, but she, I think she has her own stand up somewhere in New York and she has like YouTube videos and stuff. So it's like, I think she's really funny. I think. Okay. You should I'll check it out. Yeah. yeah. They don't have very good, like, when I, when I think of comedy, there's like Lady Bunny, Jackie Beats, Bianca Del Rio. There's a lot of queens that are, when you're going to go to their show, like Bianca Del Rio would not lip sync. She's just going to, she's a hate uh, comedian. So basically she's just going to drag the audience nonstop and you're going to oh. just ask for more. Oh, no, no, no. Trust uh, She would drag you to filth, but you will be happy and just oh. you know, give the other cheek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been at a Jackie Beat. I've I've gone to so many Jackie Beat shows here in LA, and that bitch can sing, and she can she can talk so much shit <laughs> about anything, and it's just it's amazing. Yeah, she's really funny. Yeah, I'm I love her, and I'm borderline scared of her. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there anything that you're working on right now? Um, there's a lot of things in the, in the making, um, sadly there's not a lot of things that I can say about, but I am working on some music. Uh, I took my time because I did not want to release just like another drag song. I think that, um, after each season, a drag queen, there's a new singer that borns, you know, but it does not really go far. So I really wanted to work really hard on the project and really, really something that I was proud of. So this is coming pretty soon uh and other exciting stuff you know um there's a lot of things on hold of course because you know the world is on hold as well yeah um Mm -hmm. but for now i'm just waiting for the vaccine and we'll go from there (laughs) awesome have you been doing any like drag stuff um at home during the pandemic Oh yeah, I mean, we had to be, you know, drag queens are resourceful. They will always create magic with nothing. And mm-hmm. when, when the pandemic happened, you started to see digital drag shows and girls lip syncing in front of uh, their ring light with a paper backdrop. And we were all like, what the fuck is this? What are you doing, girl? Like, just stop. But mm-hmm. then you realize that there's a lot of things that came out of this. And then I, we, we just resourceful. We just made it work. And now I feel like I'm not only a drag queen, but I'm also an engineer, a tech engineer, a mic, a sound system person like I do we do it all and because we we had to and seeing how the drag community really managed to survive online was very inspiring to me because the entertainers are the number one touched by this because there is no way to produce yourself right so I had digital drag shows where I was dancing for 50 50 minutes in front of my webcam and I felt like a stripper and then I would have to watch the chat it's like yeah it's working my sleigh and then see all those (laughs) dollars And then in my head, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Why is that why I went on the show, like to perform in front of my webcam? But at the end of the day, it made great memories. And um, and yeah, I mean, all the Instagram lives and all of this was also a great way to um, practice, you know, talk to a, a bigger audience without having the stress of looking at them in the eyes. I think that doing this online was also very, very um healthy for this because you know you enjoy the fame without the stress i guess <laughs> yeah can't wait for this shit to be over <laughs> so nikki i have a question for you um when things go back to normal would you be willing to do drag con again oh my god absolutely i imagine i've done two drag con in my life and both of them i was not known yet <laughs> and since the show aired uh both drag con of 2020 has been canceled so Dragon for us is is not only a good way to sell our merch, but it's also a great way to finally meet the fans. And so 
Dracon is yes. definitely something that I really want to do because I'm going to finally be able to, you know, hug everyone, hopefully with no masks and, um, you know, just have a mouth dry because I'll be talking all day. <laughs> we did Dracon, was it two years ago? No, three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. You, you came to my first booth that I had and you're my first lady that yeah. was in my uh, in my booth. And I thought it was, uh, honestly, Dracon is like, it's it, like, you know, when they talk about you finding your tribe, I feel yeah. like that that's exactly what it is, like, at least for me, because like I've been looked down upon in the gay community because of what I do. Like you're either a, uh, an artist who does like, you know, like, you know, like the black and white type of stuff. But like for me, I do like I do a lot of different stuff. So that's how I was able to fit in with it. Yeah. But meeting the queens and meeting those people, it's like meeting your tribe. And yeah. mm -hmm. go ahead. And and like and I just think that like it's such a wonderful experience. I'm so sad that we're not able to do it during all these times. But you know, like it's 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 understandable, and then it'll come back, and we'll be bigger and better than ever. Yeah, and also what I love about Dragon is that it's not only just like a queer event or or you know only drag queens or gays. Like what I love is that you see you know, some moms with their kids that are like 12 or 13 that sees us as like Disney princesses. And then you realize that Dracon is not only our community, but it's our community and its allies. And I think that's the beautiful part of it. It's, um, it really brings people together. Drag brings people together and, uh, and seeing all this new generation being groomed in a very positive way by their yeah. parents or their family or their friends to be open-minded and having examples in front of them to prevent them growing up to judge or 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 stigmatize people and i think that dragon is a great venue for that because um girl you see you see it all there <laughs> you guys are disney princesses with dicks hey we <laughs> <got> the <laughs> so nikki where does everybody find you you guys can find me at the nikki doll if you write nikki with an i you will hear from me it's n-i-c-k-y okay so the nikki doll on twitter on facebook instagram tiktok um and if the world has not opened soon on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> would you do only fans like you know in drag or as as a boy well, thank you for telling me that I have the choice to do it in both. I guess that's a compliment. <laughs> I think I, I look, it's OnlyFans is a platform for your fans. So technically I could have an OnlyFans and just showcase arts uh, and some skin. Right. But if you like, you know, would you do like sex tapes and stuff? Do you think? Oh, uh, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know if there has there ever been a drag queen who's done like sexy like sex tapes and raunchy videos and stuff well uh, like okay. right now there's plastic tiara she has an only fans but she does like like they're so photoshopped like where it's like <clears throat> it's like girl yeah, it's, like, it's, but i think that drag is also like an art like drag is what we do not who we are and so i think that having sex in, is drag is kind of like a, a weird conception <laughs> you know because for it us, could be funny i think it would be like a good comedy thing yeah. Yeah. I mean, by having a dick in my ass and making this funny comedy, it would be a little. <laughs> <laughs> I, think that, I, I think I can speak for all the girls when I say that no matter how glamorous we look, to me, ultimately, when I have a wig on my head, I might sell you Marilyn Monroe, but I feel like Ronald McDonald. So there's nothing sick. Like I have no genitalia when I'm in drag. I'm just Barbie. Right. So um, it would be hard for me to have sex in drag. I might have done. 
two things uh, growing up in drag because you know it was fun to explore, but that's not something that I specifically enjoy. Yeah, right. That being said, <laughs> so some of the some some of the viewers that some of the fans really, I because I read. I read all the message boards, I read all the forums and people are like kind of questioning, like they go like, they think she's married, but she doesn't really know if she's married. Are you married? You know what? I love that they don't know. I'm kind of obsessed with that. Why would they need to know? Yeah. Cause it is, it is a personal thing. And you like to like to hold back a little bit, keep a little mystery to it. Yeah. I think that, you know, like there's a, there's um, I love to be like an open book and I love to, but I also love to feel available for people. So um, this question should not be answered. <laughs> mm, okay. Anyways, uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Nikki, for coming on and sharing your little history and drag and whatnot. And, you know, we're going to get through this pandemic and pretty soon we're going to be back all together. I cannot wait to see you guys. Awesome. Thank awesome. you, Nikki. Thank you. <clears throat> Well, that's our show. Thank you so much, Nikki, for coming by. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you for coming. Yeah. Nice meeting you. Likewise. It was so much fun. I can't wait to, you know, get drunk in WeHo with you guys. Yes, please. <laughs> oh, and I'm going to go watch your bring, show right now. Right. And bring Dominique to a, a, drag, uh, a drag episode, a, a viewing at the club. Actually, yeah, I you know have... what? I, was, I just was thinking, I did go to a drag show here. Mm -hmm. right before the pandemic but i think i was too busy like flirting to really be paying attention well you so. knowing only about the pit stop on the show does not surprise me that you were flirting at the club <laughs> <laughs> he was too busy working <laughs> all righty guys thank you guys and this has been Jabber Podcast, produced by Dominic Albano and executive produced by John Madison. Do you have a question or topic you want to share? Email us at jabbrpod at gmail.com. Send us a DM on Instagram at jabberpod. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. Stories and mentions are not meant to hurt anyone and their subtitle parties.